Thank you for joining me once more for Harmonious World. My name is Hilary Seabrook. For this episode, I'm joined by acclaimed pianist Quinn Nguyen. Her latest recording is The Flower of France, and it's works by a French pianist, Germaine Taillefer, who I'd never heard of until I heard this album. What you're listening to now is Pastoral in D Major, which was written in 1919, right at the end of the First World War. And so I can only begin to imagine what pastoral meant to Taillefer. But I hope you're enjoying listening to this music, and I hope you then enjoy listening to my conversation with Quinn Nguyen. Hi, good morning. Hello. Hi, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. So we're going to talk about the Flower of France. I have to confess that until I listened to this, I had not heard any of the music of Germaine. Is it pronounced Thai Fair? Thai Fair, yes. So um, what drew you to her music? That's a great question. So I was first exposed to her music when I heard it um, during my Fulbright year in France. And um, I heard actually the ballad for piano and orchestra and thought it had gorgeous orchestral colors, very voluptuous. It had some influences of Debussy, yet very romantic and just um, very dreamy. And then I started to listen to more of her music um, and found that not a lot of her music has been recorded. But what I did find um, were some pieces that were influenced by Chopin. I, I was drawn to the dreaminess and the romanticism of Chopin, like in the impromptu or romance, um, some of her earlier works. I also thought that they were um, as beautiful and as or even more than than the pieces by Satie, uh, even though they were similar to that in the sense that they were miniature pieces. And they had some influences of Debussy. And just um, there were some very interesting harmonic twists also. And I was just completely drawn to to the beauty and the the interesting um, harmonic twists in her music. And then I started to read about her life. And I was I found it just absolutely incredible about how she um, she was just such an amazing composer. She she wrote hundreds of works over almost 70 years of her life. She continued composing despite so many challenges in life, um, especially with the men in her life, first with her father and then the, her two husbands, who um, one of them was abusive and the other, um, they both actually, all three, were very unsupportive of her music. And uh, so not only did I fall in love with her music, I was also incredibly um, just in awe of, of her determination and her strength and in her love for music despite all the hardships that she went through. And she she started learning music actually very early on with her mother um, behind her father's back. That's how 
<laughs> against how much against oh. music he was. He he tried to prevent her from learning and tried to take her out of the conservatory when she got into the Paris Conservatory, and it was just a, a lot of difficulties. But she she learned music uh, despite that, and then went on to um, form a group of friends um, at the Paris Conservatory of like-minded friends who were um, kind of uh, under the guidance of Satie. And uh, and then um, she really made a name for herself as a pianist and as a composer and worked as a film score composer. When I think one of the first female film score composers, she was she wrote ballets, she wrote operas, she wrote um, concertis and, and hundreds and hundreds of works. And, and it was just incredible. And she composed almost to the end of her life. She died in the 80s, didn't she? 1983. And what yeah. was interesting to me, too, was that when I was in uh, France, I was doing a Fulbright, um, studying with Yvonne Loriot Messiaen, who, who was the widow of Olivier Messiaen. And Olivier Messiaen's um, years and Thai Affairs years overlapped. So Thay, um, Olivier Messiaen actually passed away in 1992, 1982, I'm sorry, and Thai Affair in 1983. And they, they, you know, they lived in Paris in the same, you know, in the same city. Um, they worked in the, uh, at the Paris Conservatory. Um, they knew similar people, but, but their work couldn't be more different. It, it was just, but, but both are incredibly important. And, um, and yes, I, I did find, like you said, that, that Thai Affair was the only female of, of Les Cis, of the French composer's group of Les Cis. But she, um, her work has not been that well known or featured or performed or recorded. No, so. that's right. And I, I particularly loved the, the Fleur de France, the eight, the very short pieces. Me too. Yeah, I thought they were they're, they're just delightful, aren't they? And I particularly liked the Rose d'Anjou. And I well, I think what I'd like to do at this point in the podcast is play that piece. So that's a very simple piece. Is it simple to play or is it, um, it, are there nuances that you as a professional musician add? How does that work? Yes. So I think technically regarding virtuosity, it's definitely not a virtuosic piece, but it's, it's all about, I think, trying to create a special atmosphere and color and imagination and just enjoying the, the beauty of, of, of the sound. Yes, and and just 
it, what I like you said, what I love about her music is just such full of of imagination, and um, and you can really let your mind wander and and dream. You know, she wrote a piece called Reverie, and and it's it's truly. Um, you know, it's about daydreaming, and I, I find myself do, doing that a lot, playing her music. Right. This is a discovery, isn't it? Because I'd never heard of her stuff, and it's got so many elements from, you know, very famous French composers for piano. Uh, and that's really interesting how you discovered her. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background as a musician? Yes. So I was born in Hanoi, Um after the war, and I was brought up in a family. My both of my grandparents uh, were they, they studied in Paris. So, um, and my father went to a French school, and my first one of my first piano teacher was actually trained in France. So I I grew up in in a city that also was filled with French architecture and influences and culture. Um, and so I uh, studied the piano very young, um, at age four, um, with my uncle. And then I enrolled in the Hanoi Conservatory at age six, and then received a full scholarship to study at the Gnesin Institute in Moscow at um, 13. And then uh, at 14, I followed my family to go to California. And there I studied with um, Robert Turner, who was a professor at um, USC, uh, and he was trained in the um, he was trained at Juilliard under the Levines, the the fame uh, Russian um, pianists, the, the duo. And so um, at seventeen, I, I got a scholarship to study at Juilliard, and I did my bachelor's there. And then I um, studied with Jerome Rose. Um, who won the Buzoni competition at Manus College of Music. And then I uh, enrolled into the Graduate Center of Sydney University of New York um, to, to do my Doctor of Musical Arts. And that's where um, I actually discovered the music of um, Olivier Messiaen uh, while at Juilliard. So I was very interested. So I, I did my uh, Fulbright and dissertation and research um, studying with Yvonne Laurier Messiaen. And um, and then um, I, I have been um, performing since I was little. I remember my first piano recital was at around age eight or nine. But I, I might have performed um, before that as well, but not the whole recital. And then I made my um, concerto debut with the Hanoi Symphony Orchestra um, at age 11, playing the Mozart D major. And, and I, I have um, performed and, and traveled um, to Hungary and, and Russia and Germany and, um, and performed throughout the <laughs> United States as well. And um, yes, I, I found that I am drawn to the music of, I'm very drawn to the music of Chopin. My, one, of, one of my teachers at Juilliard was Bella Davidovich, and she was one of the first female winners of the Chopin competition. And she had a big influence on me um, with Chopin. I had loved Chopin, the music of Chopin before that, but I've, I I studied with her for four years and and with Jerome Rose after that. And, and he also was a big mentor and um, big influence on me as well. But I am 
I find myself drawn to the music of, of Chopin as well as French composers, especially. Isn't that funny that that your your background, you know, that that sort of French influence uh, has has sort of transposed itself, if you will, into that love of that sound because there is definitely something very individual about the French lyrical nature of work for the, especially for the piano I think yes it's it's a it's a different sound world and it's full of dreams and colors and and my year in in France really broadened my perspective you know I, I listened to the music of Edith Piaf the, to the music played uh, in the street the music on tv the music from the cafes I, I kind of admired you know the this garden at Giverny and and all the explosion of colors and sound of the city of Paris you can't get you know just studying or, or just learning or listening you, you kind of I, I I felt like I, I was able to just it opened my world you know to, to a completely different way of, of looking at things and 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 just the dreaminess of it all just just gorgeous colors and and, and soundscape and landscape yeah. For sure. Yeah. And then also, yes, the 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 Fleur de France um suite really um opened up the imagination because it, you know when you travel to different regions as the the what she wrote of the different flowers from different regions of France and some from Provence, like the lavender and sunflower and rose and the blue flowers, um they they really evoke different landscape, all extremely different but gorgeous of, of different areas of France and, and and unless you've been there it's it's hard to really imagine what it's like until you've experienced it and then I feel like listening to these pieces really bring back those those memory and and those colors and sound and feelings yes indeed and and they they do they evoke that that sense of of the the pastoral nature of of, of yeah. France, as well as I think some of the others feel very Parisian. Mm-hmm. Some of it feels very, you know, rural. That's what's unique about Taifir too, is that she pulled together so many different influences. You know, she pulled together the influence of Satie. She um, she was close to Ravel for three years. He was one of her mentor mentors. Um, she was uh close to picasso he told her that you know one of the she told she she wrote in one of her um perhaps her interviews that picasso gave her one of the best advices for her composition which is to always reinvent and and change your style and she does do that in her music and she pulls together also the popular music of, of the parisian cafes as well as as the more uh baroque style like she wrote in the baroque style for some of the pieces like patita uh, also one of her piano concerto is is baroque influence like neoclassical in the style of stravinsky who was active in paris at that time and so yes she pulled together all these different influences uh, and and made the music just completely uniquely hers yeah and it's 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 gorgeous and an individual and and different um yeah yeah, yeah. No, it is, and uh, and it, and especially when you think that she was writing through, uh, you know, Paris, France especially had such a tumultuous, uh, especially the middle of the uh, of the the twentieth century when she was writing. So, mm. you know, that's that it's quite a reflection, I think, of the of of France in the twentieth century. 
that's that's very very true like she she went through the the first world war and the second world war and lost some manuscripts she in fact doing um the second world war came to the united states uh and she followed her second husband uh and came to the united states and lived in new york for a few years and also she resided i think in Philadelphia for a, time, for a little bit of time, and so she went, and then she went back to France. But yeah, it, it's it's a very tumultuous time and and in flux. And um, the amazing thing about her is that she she said that music was what was um, was was kind of like her um, refuge, you know, if you will. Uh, she she had so much hardship in her life in her personal life as well as just, you know, in the world in general. And she said to, she said that um, she, she went to music because it, it's, it's beautiful and, and she went there to escape and she creates happy music to yeah. deal with, with some of the hardships. Like it's incredible to think about, for example, um, one of her husband got jealous and he poured ink on her manuscript or one of them tried to shoot her in the stomach when he found out that, um, that she was pregnant wow. <laughs> and, and it's it's incredible um just you know how how she was treated uh, as a woman and as a composer and throughout it all she she persevered and and not only that she she just went on composing despite all of that and 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 lived with that joy and and with that um love and passion for music yeah, yeah. i i'm definitely going to seek out more about her because as i say you know to discover a um a composer like that that i'd literally never heard of so uh thank you for introducing us to her that's thank really you. nice thank you for having me i, I really appreciate it that's brilliant uh, so where can people find out about you and where you're performing and how they can hear more of your music Oh, yes. Um, I'm actually playing with the Seattle Symphony um, in January of this year and the Springfield Symphony. I have a piano concerto that was written for me by a Japanese composer, um, Paul Chihara, that, I, um, that has just been released by Naxos. Um, and it's called the Piano Concerto Fantasy. Um, and uh, I am, I also have a website. It's Quen, it's Q-U-Y-N-H piano quinpiano.com and i'm on facebook and instagram as well excellent brilliant well i will uh, i'll make sure that those links are on my show notes thank you thank you so much that's great thank you so much for talking to me quinn i really appreciate it thank you for having me Thank you for joining me once more for this episode of Harmonious World. What you're listening to now is Fugue, which is number four from Leil de Roux, which is a suite of five pieces that Taifair wrote in 1952. Please do remember that you can support 
Harmonious World by becoming a subscriber. The links are all in the show notes. And if you could rate and review, that would be great too. Share this podcast. It's I'm getting more and more listeners and I'm just happy that all of you enjoy listening to my conversations with these amazing musicians. So thank you for joining me once more for Harmonious World and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Harmonious World. My name is Hilary Seabrook and it's a great delight to bring this series of discussions with musicians and composers and writers and all sorts of people to you. Obviously, there's no point in having a podcast if people aren't listening and I'm very grateful to my listeners for doing so. Thanks also to Joe English for composing and performing this new theme tune. So wherever you get your podcast, you can leave a review. You can share this with your friends and family, either as a link or on social media and that sort of thing. I'd be really grateful for that. Don't forget that you can subscribe now. There's a link wherever you get your podcasts. So have a great week. And please remember why I started this, which is just to try and make the world a little more harmonious. Thanks for listening to Harmonious World. <laughs>